This is Red Pup Pod. Red Pup Pop. A podcast. Red Pup Pop. From Red Hog Publications. Red Pup Pop. Red Pup Pop. There's a lot of considerations when it comes to getting a book to an audience. And so we have become very good at producing some beautiful books. But what we really need to do at Red Hawk Publications is partner with our authors because they know the market, they know who their readers are, or have a a good sense of it. We help with that too, but it becomes a a two-tiered thing. It's um, a partnership that's really relying on each other to help because there's some things we can do, but there's some things that the author needs to do too. I'm with... Editor-in-Chief Robert Knipe and Project Coordinator Patty Thompson. I'm Richard Eller, and this is Red Pub Pod. So how does that work? What do, once we get a book done, how does it get to the public? I was just having a conversation with one of our novelists today, Tony Granger. His book is coming out pretty soon. And I explained to him, you're at the end. You're in labor. You've spent nine months having this baby be produced, and we're about to hit publish. And to to liken it to a newborn, it's like after the baby drops, you want everyone to see it. You want everyone to hear it, see it, look at it, uh, read it. You don't want it just to flounder. I don't want anyone to publish a book just for the vanity's sake of saying you published a book. You told me you had a market. Let's reach that market. These are discussions we have with our authors early on. We let them know that because we're a, we run a tight ship here, there's not that much in terms of human capital. We do the best we can, but marketing is our challenge. We do pretty good, but we really do plan on this being a partnership. So that's established early on with our authors. It's pointed out inside of our, our agreements and contracts that the best this will sell is the work that you put into it. So that said, we do expect anyone who publishes with us to realize they have to champion their cause. They have to champion that book and help us market it. Some of the most difficult decisions that sometimes writers and artists make is when they have to cut uh, something from their work and change it. But I have really seen the most painful looks on people's faces when we have a conversation with them about marketing, how they're expected to get out there and push their book, and they're going to have to do appearances. They need to go out and they need to read it. They need to meet their audiences. They need to, and some of them, well, I'm not very personable. I don't like people. Well, you're going to have to like people <laughs> because <laughs> you're going to have to get out there and let people know that your book is available because otherwise in this crowded marketplace, it's just going to disappear. And uh, we don't want that. We want you to be able to find your reader and for your reader to find your work. So you have to help us and because uh, we can't do it all. And everything in promotion and marketing has changed. The old-fashioned marketing, ways of marketing things of buying ads in magazines and buying ads on television and things like that, that doesn't work anymore. Um, Plus, we don't have a budget for that. Plus, we don't have a budget for that. You know, sending out blind hundreds of copies for review to people who may just put it into the recycling. Um, that just that doesn't work anymore. It's too expensive, and uh, and even the big publishers don't do it. The big publishers don't do the things that we can't do because they can't do it either. It's too expensive. It's cost prohibitive. They save a lot of their marketing money for the top authors. Top authors. And if you're not in the top, you know, the middling and the, and the, the newborn, the, the new authors, they have to do the work. 
And the good news is, like you said, the traditional, the press releases, the promotions, the tours, the book launches, they do help, don't get me wrong, but we are, in the 21st century, able to add that social media element to it, which helps tremendously. But again, we have to let our authors know, create your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook page, help us get the word out there, create these hashtags so that people know that you're out there and can see us. We do that. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, etc. We do try to our best to get the word out there. But at the same time, when our authors do it as well, that's the true partnership in helping people market. I know our hustlers. We have quite a few of our authors that are really doing amazing things in terms of getting their books into the hands of readers. Oh, gosh, they've taught us ways of marketing and promoting that we weren't aware of. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I think uh, uh, social media has proved a very old adage, and a lot of times it's word of mouth. And so social media gives you that opportunity to go person to person, you know, your friends on Facebook or whomever, and say, you know, this is a this is something you want to think about. Or especially if you've got an event, because at that point, you're if you've published this, if you're the author, you're the expert on this subject, be it fiction or nonfiction, you know those characters or you know that event. And if, even if it might seem tough to go out and talk about it, that word of mouth and those events gets sales. People get interested in it from hearing about that. Even if you don't think you're a a, a born order, you know, you don't want to put on a show or that sort of thing. Just the fact that you're out talking about these things gets buzz going. Greg Triggs is one of our new authors. His novel will be coming out soon. And just before we started um, doing this podcast, I got an email from him. He's going to talk at his high school. And, and he's not 20. Um, I won't go into how old he is, but it's been a few years since he's been in high school. But they're going to host him as, you know, a cele- celebrated alumnus. And bottom line, he's he wants about 100 books. So, I mean, he's really thinking out of the box. And some of our authors, again, they will really, really pound the pavement and do things that teach us lessons. So, yeah, we're lucky. Social media is the modern version of like what happened years and years ago with an Atlantic Monthly Books publication of a book by Charles Fraser called Cold Mountain. There were several uh, bookseller conventions that booksellers would attend, and they kept talking about this book that they had read that no one had heard about called Cold Mountain. Well, the booksellers would take this idea back to their to their bookstores, and they would order a few copies, and they would re- literally hand-sell the book. It was this thing where it just went through this, this idea of, you know, this book is really good, book that no one had heard of a book that probably would have sold a 1,000 copies unless until this happened, becomes a number one bestseller, becomes a, a film, turns Charles Fraser into one of the highest paid writers in the country. But now we can do that with social media. We can bring the notice of the book and how good the book is to the notice of booksellers who can then take it and hand sell. And when you go to a high school to do a special thing like Greg's talking about, that's the opportunity for your book to go viral. Charles Fraser went viral in the 1990s, and we didn't even know that that's what we called it. Mm. But today, that would be an example of that. And also, Fraser, who is averse to getting out in public, he drug himself out of his mountain house and went to these little bookstores, and he would appear, and he would sign, and he would smile because it was making his royalties huge. So he did it, and, and you know, that's, that's how it works. And, and today, you have to do that. You have to in the crowded marketplace. 
uh, Goodreads is a very popular website where people go and review books. It's an entire website devoted to people reading books and saying what they think about it. And there are influencers. There are book reader influencers that, you know, from what I've been told, you can get the book into the right person's hand who's very well-known and popular on Goodreads, and that could be everything, and that cost you nothing. But you had to hustle to get there. So Amazon is another one where um, if, you know, that's that's the beast in the room. But the bottom line is reviews in Amazon can help also influence your book. So we always encourage people, if the book is going to be sold on Amazon, and they are with, with Red Hawk Publications, have your friends, families, and fans leave some reviews on Amazon, as well as Goodreads, too, of course, because that's, again, going to help get that word out there. And let's just go ahead and lay this out, the elephant in the room concerning Amazon.com. Folks, Amazon.com is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. So It's going can... to space? <laughs> <laughs> if you buy enough books, you can read a book while you're and, up in the and air. And he takes William Shatner with him, too. Yeah, right. And Shatner charges him for doing it, too. That was the funny thing. But anyway, Amazon is here to stay, and we can either work with them or and, and, and without them. If we work by doing nothing but saying to the world, oh, Amazon's evil and blah, 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 you're not going to get anywhere. It doesn't help. It's not productive. The most productive thing is is to use Amazon as that way to push your book up the bestseller list inside of Amazon, even if it's a small one. You're making people who are now able to look at those lists to find minutiae of, of ideas that they like to read about. Yeah. So you're using Amazon to sell your book. Then you drive people to the RedHawk.com website to buy it because we're going to have it for pre-sale. You're going to make more royalties off of it if you if you drive your fans and your readers to our website. And we're going to be able to rack up those pre-sales and, and we send those books out. We take care to uh, package them carefully to where they don't get bent up, unlike like Amazon does, <laughs> and make sure that they get to your get to your readers. So, don't don't shake your fist in angst at Amazon. Learn how to use them. Yeah, and and again, you know what the deal is with Amazon. So counteract it. We're doing some pre-sales right now. We're we're letting the authors sign them and get the books to their readers, and that's a pre-sale perk that you're going to get with us that you won't get with Amazon. So again, we encourage our authors to think, you know, out of the box, what can we do to help you? And we're there. We, we will we will follow your lead and, and expand on it. So we're excited to be able to do different things. And these are not all cheapy tip-in autographs either, like you find sometimes where they'll send an artist or, a, or an author a thousand sheets of paper and they sign them and then they put them in the printer place, they put them inside the book. These are literally the book in the hands of the writer and the writer is able to personally inscribe it or something like that or write it on the title page. This is not that that tip-in kind of thing that's, that I think is sometimes cheap. Mm-hmm. This is the real book in the hands of the writer and then uh, he or she mails it to you. We have two things going on here. We have that worldwide reach of it and then that hyper-localism that has become fashionable these days for people to drive people back into bookstores to, to get their book there. And each one has some advantage, but you really, in terms of sales, don't want to neglect either in order to maximize the audience for the book. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. 
But again, use Amazon, but remember that Amazon's not the only place. Yeah. And we do, again, go back going back to old school, we do use uh, press releases. And we've gotten a little creative with them as well. For example, when we have our marketing meetings with our authors, we will typically ask them to fill out a little template to help us craft that press release. And we ask them to think wide and far, spread that big net out there, where can we send your press release? And we ask them, where did you go to high school? Where did you go to college? Where did you work? Where were you brought up? Where do you currently live? Are you retired? And we find the different magazines, newspapers from all those different aspects of their lives. And before you know it, it's going into, oh, okay, you were born in Wilmington? Okay, we'll send it to the Wilmington papers. You live in Pittsburgh? We'll make sure it goes to the local Pittsburgh papers. Oh, you went to the North Carolina School of uh, Science and Math? We'll make sure the alumni office gets it. So in other words, we really are doing our best to kind of cover every aspect of your life to hit people that have known you through your entire life. And it works. In addition to cre- crafting those press releases, we typically will put a, a picture of the book, the picture of the author, and contact information so that after the newspaper gets it, theoretically, they can contact the author for further interviews for a feature article. And that has happened more often than not. So again, we, we really will do the traditional tried and true as well as when someone partners with, let's say, a nonprofit. That adds a new dimension of what we can add in that press release. Yeah, and that shows creativity on the part of the author because that's something I don't know that we even really considered. But we've got a number of authors who are, because of their own philanthropy and wanting to help out needs organizations, have donated either a portion or all of the royalties to that, which makes that book just that much more attractive because you might buy the book because you're interested in the subject matter, but it doesn't hurt to know that you're giving back to the community when you buy this book and it and it benefits one of those kind of organizations. My goodness, you know, author Barbara C. Weathers, who, who produced a, a book of um, spiritual acrostics, she, she basically donated the book itself to uh, the local Safe Harbor chapter. So every dime goes to the Safe Harbor from the royalties. And uh, on top of that, she's left the book to them as a legacy to where it will continue to help out even after she's gone. So you can even go that far. And people love to buy that book because of that aspect. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good promotional, promotional idea there. And that kind of started with Rick Vandette. He did the um, memoir, and he was the first author, I believe, that kind of took partial proceeds and split them up between two different nonprofits. And he's been able to give hundreds of dollars to both nonprofits. We've had Tammy Wilson. She also gave partial proceeds to a nonprofit in Conover, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So we, we do encourage our authors to think in terms of philanthropy, helping their local community. And at the same time, it does help them with their market spread and their market reach. And on top of that, one of the, one of the most successful old-fashioned ways of selling books is the read. The bookstore, coffee shop, a read that takes place in the place where you are giving your, your proceeds to, uh, an author sitting at a table and signing books and answering questions and interacting with readership is is very old-fashioned, 
but it's not gone out of style. And it's a lot of fun. It went out of fashion for two years during COVID. Yeah, because but, of stupid COVID. But yeah. we are seeing that starting to open up again. I know Barbara Weathers, again, she wrote the uh, Acrostics Legacy of Faith. And it was really our first big book launch since uh, COVID. And there must have been about 45 people there. And it. Yeah, 45 people in line. In line. I've never had time. a line before. I mean, I was doing like Chick-fil-A. I was selling books down the line to where they would have them to give to her when it was time for her to sign them. So <laughs> we, we do, again, when I, when I have those marketing meetings with our authors, we ask them, where would you like to see your book launch? I just said that to Tony Granger today. You live in the Philly, Trenton area. You need to create a list of independent bookstores in that area so that we can get in touch with them, the libraries, the schools, the nonprofits, perhaps, uh, the, the bookstores. We need to create a list of places where we can get you out there and seen. We want to do book launches because that really does help. It creates excitement. And it's getting him excited. You know, he just spent, you know, two or three years writing a book. Now he sees himself as being this marketer. And he's kind of growing up with this. He's, he's getting it and he's enjoying it. So he knows he's got more work to do. The baby's here. Now he needs to put some clothes on it. Get it out there and let it be seen. Well, one of the most beautiful things is when a, when an author, and the, and the poets are experts at this. I mean, I, I, I like to set them aside when they say, I've sold X amount of books by basically being a traveling troubadour. You know, I played in 12 coffee shops, five bookstores, and I traveled in four states. And I sold X amount of books at these things. And I say, like, wow, that's like more books than you've sold online or more books than you've sold through us and they get to keep more of that money because <laughs> there's not a retailer involved because yeah. there's no retailer involved they are the retailer they're yeah. purchasing them at their author discount and they're able to keep all the proceeds that uh, unless they negotiate something with the you know with the retailer that they're reading at but most coffee shops most bookstores are very very happy to have someone to come in because it drives business into that particular retailer and they have a good time doing it yeah again that's an old fashioned way of doing things but it still works because there's something about that humanity you know people getting together and listening to a read and talking about a book and it could it Creates an event for the bookstore. And I'll give you an example. This week I'm actually working on trying to get three of our faith-based authors to do book signings at a Christian bookstore up in the mountains. And for them, it's a win-win. They're an independent Christian bookstore. They're excited to have three authors come in. They get to promote it. They know that there will be more people coming in because of it. Our authors are thrilled because it's an in-person event where they get to sign, meet, greet, and sell books. It's win-win for everybody. So, again, we're, we're able to now start to push people out and do these kinds of events. I'm also working on this week um, festivals. There's a literary festival that has invited us to come up there with some of our authors. Um, there's a fair in western North Carolina that we're working at. And I've also signed up for Red Hawk Publications to be at a, a local farmer's market where local people love to see all of our books. So we don't mind doing that. It's a nice community event. I don't need authors there. They're welcome to come. We're starting to see the waning of COVID, so we're able to get out, and that's kind of some of the new things we're starting to do to get ourselves out there, to get our books out there. 
Yeah, I would figure Barbara Weathers didn't see herself as particularly a performer, but she was mesmerizing when those 45 people came to her event at Safe Harbor. She spoke from the heart, she read a little bit, and there wasn't really a, a formal presentation as such. It was just an opportunity for people to get in that line and talk to her when she was, after they'd bought the book from you, and then uh, she signed it for them. Yeah, we well we had a formal presentation in mind, well, but, but. <laughs> but the situation changed it because everybody comes in there and there, and it, it just turned into this really great informal thing that yeah. uh, people got the book and we generated. 500 bucks for Safe Harbor. No, I think that's a nice thing to be able to say. I mean, that's a, it's a nice crow. And not only that, but it kind of gets back to what we were saying. If an author wanted to go ahead and give proceeds, partial proceeds, legacy giving proceeds, uh, so win-win. It helps the author. It helps the nonprofit. It helps the market share of getting the book out there. So we encourage people to think about being philanthropic. You don't think of yourself as being that way, but it's a nice way to give back while also contributing your words. And some of the authors we've had who are on their second or so book, we're also finding that once their name is out there and they find out that there is product coming from them, people buy in pre-sale situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-sale situations have turned into a, uh, 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 quite a popular thing that we're doing. And we have learned just recently that if authors will go on social media and go on their social media platforms and tell people to come to redhawkpublications.com, no www, just redhawkpublications.com, people will buy their books as pre-sale, and they will buy from our website. It just works, but it takes the authors to do it. They have to have the wherewithal and the impetus to be able to do it. We really do stress this. It needs to be a partnership between us and the author. If you just wanted to languish on a shelf, that's a vanity print. Go ahead and do self-publishing at that point. But if you really want to get those words into people's hands, you got to have a little hustle in you. We can publish on our Facebook page all day long. We can promote on our, end of our, our personal pages all day long. And people just like they shrug and they go like, well, there they are again pushing another book. But when the author publishes on his or her Facebook page that they have a book coming, then their friends and family see it. And when they include that link that takes them right to the website where it's available, boom, it becomes easy for the fans to buy it. Another good example would be um, one of our authors, Fiele Matias. He lives on the West Coast, Oregon, and he's doing a second children's book with us. He is updating his Instagram and Facebook accounts every other day with new content for his newest children's book. What he's doing is he's bringing all of his fans, friends, and family members on a journey where they're actually seeing this book being made. And he's getting, you know, three and 400 people that are, you know, sharing it and liking it, etc. That's the kind of momentum he's building for this book. And some of our savvier authors are doing something comparable. They're letting people know about the process, knowing that it's coming out, creating that anticipation so that when we do hit the button, it's time for pre-sale. Or when it's time for it, you know, it's been out, it's published. His family and friends already know about it. Have you ever in your life seen anybody evolve before your very eyes as much as Fieli Matthias has? <laughs> I mean, the guy has gone, has become just a terrific artist. Did you see the leaf yesterday? I see a tree inside this leaf. 
and the way he had designed the the veins inside the leaf, it looked like a tree and its yeah. branches. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, he just yeah. and this whole his whole children's book has turned from this twenty four page small thing into this larger thing that I think is going to grow into a graphic novel. It's going to grow into something because he's world building and adding characters and 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 finessing his his digital art. It's just it's just really terrific to yeah. watch. He he's one of those that we're lucky to have. He's you know he's very fortunate. Well known from the off Broadway New York area. Um, he's an all around Renaissance type uh, artist who's delving into becoming an author, and we're, we couldn't be more pleased. So keep it up, Fiale. Yeah, well, good I, guy. Good. I guy. think uh, he's a good example of author enthusiasm. When yeah. besides being the experts, if they're the ones that are most enthused about this subject, and it shows, it's catching. And you want to go, well, what's this guy all about? He's sending this stuff out on Facebook for free, and it's intriguing art. And you think, hmm, I'd like to see something else from that. And it just kind of blossoms from there. Your interest in it till there's a, a market that you've created just by your enthusiasm and willingness to continue to show the public what the work is going to be. Yeah, and then eventually you move from, from doing that kind of thing to like a, a Patreon kind of situation to where, you know, people subscribe and support an artist like that. Uh, we have a poet, Sharia, who uh, is from Pennsylvania, who has done the same thing, sold her books through her Patreon, where people paid to support her and then got the book yeah. for supporting her in her in her endeavors. Sharia was a hustler, too, and yeah, still she, is. She still is. <laughs> but, you know, she was doing, I had never heard of this before, she was doing commissioned poetry. I mean... She was telling folks, hey, I'll write a poem for you. Charge them 75 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Smart girl. And then she puts her collection together. She already has a built-in audience. You know, so many people have bought her personalized poetry. Now they all bought her book. She had a lot of pre-orders. She set up a lot of readings, even during COVID. So, again, I I commend all these younger hustlers out there that are really social media savvy. They, they know what they're doing. Paid for her book and was in profit before the book was even published. Yep. <laughs> I can't get better than that. Nope. There's so many different ways, if you think about it creatively, how to do it. Because one of the things I'm doing in lieu of a book I got coming up is I'm going out and giving talks at the local library. But what I'm also doing with that is using it as a way to, if there's stories out there about this subject that I don't know, it brings people so they'll tell me and it helps beef up the book. So there's all sorts of creative, different uh, out-of-the-box ways that you can promote. Because what you said about the old idea of uh, big media being the only way that you can advertise, 10 years ago, that went out the door. Mm -hmm. And so now we are in an era with the ad-free brand where it's all about how you can get the word out. But th but still, that human interaction in that old-fashioned presentation or mm -hmm. reading yeah. is, is valuable because every presentation we've had from the first ones we did with the polio book all the way up to the present, we run into somebody that's got an interesting story who has a book in them or has some kind of an addition to something we're already working on. And it just it just helps. And that's our authors are the same way. When you're out on the road, that's where you find your next book's storyline. Yeah, because when you're doing one subject, you never know where it will lead or to whom it will lead or to what comes from that. Because we've had one book that has translated into another time and time again, or uh, we found an author in just the way you're talking about. Right. And that leads us to the end of this podcast, where we will lead into 
whatever we're going to do next. <laughs> Next time. There you go. And um, that, that's that's the way you can count on Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. This has been another exciting edition of Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. A podcast. A podcast. Red from Red Hog Publications. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod.